I'm bringing on now someone who I've known literally for years now. And uh, I just don't know how we've tolerated each other all this time. But uh, just the same, uh, he's here. He's my friend. And I will back him up on just about, just about, Derek, anything you want to play, any play you want to make, I'll back your play, brother. How are you? Welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show. Uh, C.L., my brother, I'm just out here snapping necks and cashing checks. I'm having a great time. I am I am the most blessed man you know. Surrounded by a, a wonderful family, the love of a good woman. I have everything in life that I need and most of the things that I want. I got no room for complaint. You're a blessed man. You just reminded me of something that was once said of Leon Spinks, the boxer. He was once asked, uh, Derek, uh, Leon, what do you do for a li- what do you what do you say? You, what would you tell people you do for a living? Leon said, I knocks people's out. And that's what you do. You, <laughs> you <laughs> knocks people out. <laughs> Derek, to an articulate maestro like that is a true honor. I'm telling you, <laughs> you know, Derek, uh, you are, you know, uh, and people I want you all to know. Uh, the type of work that Derek does, and it's it, it's really uh, yeoman's work. Uh, it's the it's the Lord's work. It truly is uh, that He's doing because He's preserving this Judeo-Christian ethic that we have here and uh, the the foundational principles that has made us so great. Derek, critical race theory. Uh, I want to jump right into that, and I want you to take uh, the lead on. Uh, speaking to us about what's happening in the school district that you so eloquently took down uh, the other uh, week. Uh, Talk to us about the shenanigans that they are playing on our children there in in, in Colorado. Now, what what you're talking about was last Thursday night, and if listeners haven't seen it, so so I didn't post it. Michelle, we... News channel and put it on TikTok. And we ended up with, uh, I think we're over half a million views and climbing right now. So listeners can search Derek Wilburn, CRT, or whatever, video. But essentially what I said is, the, the, I'm not oppressed. This whole idea of, of introducing school children to the notion that in this country we have the oppressed and the oppressors, and which you are depends upon the color of your skin is not only false, it's detrimental. Uh, who, who benefits from doing that? So I made it clear to them, you know what, I'm black, I've been black my entire life, and I'm not oppressed, and I'm not a victim. I am blessed to live in the best, most glorious nation on earth, and you will not be teaching this to my children. You'll do it over my dead body. And they voted the right way, thank God. That is good, and it's because Derek was able to stand up and push back. He had the courage to do that are parents derek becoming are their eyes coming open since they have been wide shut for so long uh is there a a, a, a wave sweeping through colorado and hopefully through america that began at uh, meetings just like you had how do you see it there is no question so they've overplayed their hand the whole thing the genesis of course was colin kaepernick in 2016 and they seized upon that and rode that wave to rioting, looting, burning, defund the police, and everything else. And parents, I'll tell you what, at our local school board, I attend two of our local school board meetings on a regular basis. We used to have 20 or 30 parents at those meetings. Now there's routinely between 100 and 150. And we are 
pushing our school boards to the right. No question about it. And I'll tell you what, CL, here's the genesis. Here's where we really need to focus. We made the mistake, we in America made the mistake of allowing the most leftist of the left assume control of our education system in, in 1960s and 70s. Everybody knows this. The liberals took over, and now, 50 years later, we're realizing the fruit of that mistake. If we begin rising up and showing up and taking back our schools now, then in 20 to 50 years, we'll begin to see the reversal of much that's going on today. So, listeners, if you do not know, if you cannot name one member of your local school board, whether you have school-aged children or not, if you can't name one member of your local school board, if you don't know when and where they meet, if you don't know how many members there are on your local school board, then you are not a part of the solution. Derek, you cannot say it any stronger or better than you have just said it. Folks, he's right. Uh, it all begins at your kitchen table where your children eat their breakfast or whatever it is, uh, wherever, wherever it is you began to nurture. That's where local politics begins, and you do need to know the government entities that you send your children, turn them over to if they're going to public school, because that's a government building that you're sending them to. Derek, uh, you say that uh, the Dems have overplayed their hand but the, even in the overplaying of their hand, they're so inept at even – they, do they really have a hand to play? And how in the world did we fall into the hand that they are playing? It seems as though we too are being swept, swept by a wave that's coming through our country. Derek, how did we wind up in this place? It is a horrible place that we are now in America. You did outline for us how we get out. And that is standing up, pushing back, and instilling in our children right principles. But, Derek, eight months ago to right now, things have drastically changed. Talk to us, man. If you want to see a great example and an encapsulated example of how we got where we are, hop on YouTube and do a search on math Archie Bunker style. <laughs> it's a phenomenal sketch from an old all in the family. you got to see it. It's only three or four minutes long. But in this, in this segment, Mike, the, the, the son-in-law, the rabid liberal left-winger, uh, you know, everybody knows the, the character he played. Meathead, Meathead. He successfully. Yeah. Meathead, exactly. He successfully manages to pull the money out of everyone in the room's pocket and pays everyone in the room without ever once reaching into his own pocket. It, it, it's a phenomenal piece of comedy that they didn't intend it to be this way. But what happened is for the last 30 or 40 years, and certainly for the last three or four or five, we conservatives, you know, we're focused on building our lives, raising our families, going to our jobs, working on building a career, preparing for our future, what have you. We don't have time. And doing the things that liberals have managed to do on the public dole for 30 or 40 years. Joe Biden is a great example. How many jobs has this man had? Joe's only had one jo Joe's only had one job and that's government. And that goes and that rings true for a tremendous number of people who up the hill on the Democrat side of the aisle. So all they've done is receive public funding to support themselves and they become millionaires in the process and implement policies why we while we had our eye off that ball because we're busy living our lives 
being conservative, saying, government, get out and leave me alone, whereas they were saying, government, let me in so I can implement the change that I believe we need. Derek Wilburn is my special guest. Uh, Derek, tell everybody right now how to get a hold of you and how to help you if, in fact, they're so inclined. Talk to us. I'd like for every listener to visit P-O-C-C, capital interns.com, people of color, capital interns, P-O-C-C, interns.com. Uh, it's self-explanatory. When you see what we're doing, we take African-American college students from coast to coast. We've had them from Arizona State. We've had them from Howard University, most of them liberal. And we send them to work for a, a paid internship in a Republican legislative office and say, get along, figure it out, put down the defensiveness, and let's learn to work together. And one by one, by one we're starting to change the world. I certainly do appreciate the work that you're doing. And, folks, I think that you would appreciate it, too, if you go to Derek's website and help those young interns who, as he said, come to him, as you would suspect, uh, with liberal leanings, but once they go through the program, they see the world a lot clearer and the way uh, our founders intended for them to see it. Derek, when we think about uh, the takeover and uh, hopefully not the takedown totally of our young people, I'm seeing a neurotic and almost psychotic uh, group of young people that this mask thing and this COVID thing is breeding. Is there a timidity that's being uh, bred in our young folks? Is there a timidity that's being bred in America through this critical race theory? Does it have such dual purposes? Talk to us. There's no question. So it begins in the home. So you and I were raised in homes much differently than the children being raised in homes today, except in my home. (laughs) the, (laughs) The idea of disrespecting an adult the idea of interrupting an adult while they're speaking, uh, all the things that you and I were raised with. We now have children being raised to basically believe if you don't agree with me, that makes you an idiot. And I therefore have the right to interrupt you, attack you, assault you, demean you, uh, treat you any way that I want to. So it's a loss of decorum. And as it relates to critical race theory, what they're being taught simply isn't true. So CL, most people, when they hear slavery, they immediately think racism. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. And that's not accurate. Uh, yeah. The truth of the matter is, throughout world history, people of all colors have owned people of all other colors. And in the United States, we automatically think white people owning black people because that's our history. But we have to unpeel that onion and go a little bit deeper, which will take a minute or two so you can tell me how much time we have on the No, clock. go ahead and talk, man. We got time. The white people did not enslave black people because they were black. They enslaved us because we were convenient. And those are two very different things. So in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, cultures of that age, you had very different cultures in terms of levels of advancement, right? So white people in the 1600s were designing and manufacturing ships that were capable of circumnavigating the globe Right? They're, they're crossing oceans and colonizing new continents, whereas black people in the 1600s were still living in huts and drinking out of puddles. So white society was manufacturing advanced weaponry, cannons, rifles, pistols, swords. Black people had sticks and stones. So, of course, a spear is no 
defense against a cannon. So we were easy. We were convenient. They captured us and then brought us to this country as slaves. And out of slavery, once slavery ended, then racism came in. So what they're teaching is exactly backwards. We, racism, slavery didn't come from racism. It's the other way around. Racism came from slavery, but they don't want to teach that. And they do not, folks. Uh, that is indeed uh, one of the twisted things uh, that goes on in your school district. 1619, Derek, let's talk about that for a minute. Of course, uh, any of you who know anything about 1619, you know that the, the country, America, was not a nation in 1619, right? And, uh, and it wasn't until, I think it was uh, 1789 when our Constitution was actually ratified. Uh, that we became a, a nation, and then slavery only existed a little over 85, uh, well, well, 85 years after that. Slavery was over in this country. So instead of the 400-year mark, Derek, that they want us to believe, why is it that we don't tell the American story? Is the GOP guilty as well, Derek, of not trumpeting the values of the freedom of man that the party was formed in order to uh, promote? Talk to us about it. GOP and white Americans who are conservative in general are terrified of, of bringing up, of, of speaking the truth, which is really a strange thing. I mean, people are offended by the truth. Uh, how you explain that, I have no idea. But when I look at anything, one of the first questions I ask myself is who is the beneficiary? Like, who benefits? So by teaching our children that our nation is illegitimate, was founded on racism, that our constitution is, should be null and void because the men who wrote it, some of them own slaves. Who benefits? Who is winning by teaching this to children? So people need to not be afraid of being labeled racist if they speak the truth. And the truth is the Constitution of the United States of America does not apply only to white people. It applies to all citizens of this country, regardless of skin color, and it is a brilliant document. Yes, some of the men who helped write it owned slaves. That doesn't invalidate the Constitution. And you can't be bullied into not talking about it, because here's the thing. One of the worst things you can call someone who is not a racist is a racist. Right? Most people, most, most conservatives are not racist. The vast majority aren't. Therefore, calling them that is extremely damaging. And they'll do anything they can to keep from being called that. Racists don't mind being called racist. If I am a racist, you call me one, what do I care? You know, they wear it as a badge of honor. But they've bullied the white conservative into silence by threatening them with calling them something they abhor. And so rather than risk being called a racist, I'll just keep my mouth shut. Folks, don't keep your mouth shut. Let them call you whatever they want to call you. It's just sticks and stones. And tell the truth that the Constitution of the United States of America is the second greatest document ever written by the hands of men. It's not even close. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, you reminded me of a story uh, Jim Brown tells about uh, this uh, white guy, that uh, white landowner there on the island that he grew up on, uh, inviting him to his home after he became famous. But he still wouldn't let him come into the house. They sat on the porch. 
That man was a racist, even though he was very kind to Jim Brown. I'm telling you, that's the same thing that's going on with the, Dem the Democrat Party. They have never let Al Sharpton, they have never let Jesse Jackson into the House. They have always treated him on the, they've always uh, seen them on the porch. And, and that's uh, what is going on here in America, my friends. They are treating you. They're elitist. And let's talk about that for a minute there. Uh, Derek, uh, is there an elitism that we're seeing emerging in front of our very eyes and black folks, la Latinos, are seeing it happen with the AOC and the squad movement and all that type of thing? Uh, but but they don't understand that they, they will never enjoy the, the, the perks and, and things that these people who are leading them astray are enjoying. Talk to us about it, Derek. It's incredible. So, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, what's she worth now? $140, $160 million. You can run right down the list. So they have engineered the political system in the country so as to benefit themselves and enrich their families and then to preach to those who are not being enriched that you need to keep us in power so you can get some of what we got. But if you ever look at the charitable giving statements for these people, they don't give money. Bernie Sanders earned, what, $1.1 million in 2019 uh, when he disclosed when he ran for president and had given something like 1.3% <laughs> to charitable foundations and what have you. Uh, and that's true of all of them because here's the thing. They don't believe in charity. They believe that the government should be the provider for all the people. So therefore, they have to be in power in order to provide it. Now, of course, they just hose everything up. I'm trying to get benefits from my World War II veteran dad right now through the Veterans Administration, and I've jumped through so many flaming hoops, uh, you can't believe it, and I'm no closer now than I was when I started because the government is so inefficient. But they managed to convince people you need government and then set themselves up as kings and kingmakers at the very top of the governing structure while never delivering a single thing that they promised. Never delivering a single thing that they promised, which makes them what, gang? Liars. They are liars, and they're lying to you now. And the lies are continuing, and they're being aided and abetted by people like Jim Clyburn from South Carolina. Jim Clyburn knows better than to promote something like critical race theory. What makes an elected official who came out of that era in time, the Elijah Cummings and people like that. What makes them support something that has been so detrimental to the people they represent? Is it the elitism that they are enjoying? Are they out of touch? Uh, are they a part of the big lie? Talk to us, Derek Wilburn. Well, the, the two gentlemen you just mentioned, Jim Clyburn and Elijah Cummings, and we could run right through the rest of the Congressional Black Caucus, they have cattle on a vote farm. And they need to keep the farm under control. So as long as blacks are voting for them to the tune of 90%, they have no incentive to provide anything they're providing. They don't – Elijah Cummings, he didn't even live in his district, as does not Maxine Waters, although she does have a $3 million house. I believe her zip code is technically Hollywood. Uh, Elijah Cummings had a $700,000 house. May he rest in peace on the outskirts of the district that he represented. So – these people have set themselves up wonderfully. Corinne Brown, I believe she's still in prison, but uh, all of these people have set up charities and are grifting money and doing everything they can to put their families in superior financial position, but keeping the cattle on the vote farm. They need to keep telling blacks that Republicans hate you, that something as fundamental as proving you are yourself 
is in fact racist, and anybody who supports it is a racist, keep voting for me. I'm beating the racism back on your behalf, and nothing changes. And nothing changes. Derek, tell everybody how to get a hold of you again, and take uh, about two minutes to tell uh, one thing that you would leave our audience, uh, give us one thing that you want to leave our audience with here today. Derek Wilburn. P-O-C-C interns.com P-O-C-C interns.com I'll leave it right there. It is self-explanatory. The video that you referenced, and if listeners haven't watched it, I would encourage them to. Uh, Maybe you can play it on the air. But I explained to the board and the people in present, I'm not oppressed and I'm not a victim. My children are not oppressed, but my children are victims. My children are victims of three things. Their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision-making. Period. Those are the three things that my children are victims of. And you know what? Those are the three things everyone's children are victim of we we don't we don't i've never had a cross burned in my yard i've never seen or been a, a, a lynching the kkk has less than ten thousand members this phony phantom ghost of racism that they keep pinning on you dear listener is a lie from the pit of hell don't take it sitting down stand up and say you know what the true racist here is you because it, you think that blacks need help to survive I love it, Derek. As always, you're a straight shooter, brother. That's why you and I agree, and we can walk together according to the word of God in the book of Amos. Uh, Listen, man, all the best to you. God bless you. God keep you. Don't talk to you nearly enough. You know that. But uh, we'll get together. I'll see you on the trail real soon. Thank you for being on with me here today.